probably just also trying to be better about all the butts and ums and uhs and butt fours and flyboys. What's a butt for? For pooping, silly. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 55 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. Also, my last name is Coster. (laughs) That's a a pretty good last name. I have the same one. Nice. I'm Adam Coster and... I'm the rando of randomness. Super weird, because I also have the same last name. Oh, dear God. What are the odds? What? Uh, I'm Sam, and I also make the art things. Wait, 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 wait. What's your last name, though? It's the costume. Oh, okay. It's the same. It's Got the it. same. Super weird, because I don't even have anything close to the same what? last name. What? What is even happening? I'm Carol Mertz, and I'm the nerd herder. Nerd herder. Nerd herder. your first name does start with a C. It does. It's, clo- it's close, then. So it's close. Yeah. It does. And today is July 13th, 2016. Warning, <laughs> anything can happen on this show. There's going to be profanity, definitely, and probably a lot of other horrifying things. So this show should not be listened to by children at or all. people who don't like horrifying things. Yeah. And but it's uh, as the verb, right? Like, to they don't like to horrifying yeah, a thing. Yeah, if you, you don't like horrifying person. things, you should probably get out. Yeah. So, uh, what's going on this week, guys? Well, the office is super full. I don't know if people can hear the click clackety of the keyboards. The clickety, cl- the gentle din. The gentle din <laughs> of the full office. Click clacking. <laughs> In limited, click in the clacking moonlight. and din don't seem to be. Yeah, it's din. not really gentle. It's more like a herd of buffalo. Well, so yeah, everybody's Tiny got buffalo. Everybody's got on glass. <laughs> Tap dancing buffalo. We've got mechanical buffalo, keyboards buffalo. on mechanical keyboards in here. And so the, the sound of people typing is phenomenal, it's I would beautiful. say. Um, it produces a nice sort of, uh, almost like a white noise. Yeah. When you come in the office with yeah. this. But why is there so much more, more buffalo herding going on this week than well, normal? Because, uh, <laughs> Sure and Andy, who are two new hires, uh, just got here. So Andy got here on Wednesday last week. Why he couldn't on be podcast. podcast day after um, the recording of the podcast. Right. And Sure got here on Monday morning. So they're just cruising. They're off in the background, jamming, learning. Is today Wednesday? It is. Today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Word time warp. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's, we've only been in the office for two days, and it feels like it should be Friday by now. Yeah. So not in the sort of like get us out of here sort of thing, but in that we're doing so damn much. There's a lot of things yeah. happening. <laughs> lots yeah, a lot happening. of things happening. Speaking of lots of things happening, mm. Pokemon Go. What's that? What's that about? What's that about? That's Let's a, talk about that. That's a thing that's happening. I don't know, but I'm like level 14, and I've got a really, really badass uh, executor who is Ooh. currently holding a gym. Is, is that executor? Ex- executor, probably. Executor. Ex- I like executor. Executor is actually awesome as well. It's like a Starcraft <laughs> better unit. So yeah. for those who don't know what Pokemon Go is or about, if you've somehow been in a hole the yeah. past two weeks, or I guess week now, just a week, right? Just God, a week. Time yeah. war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so who's who's really into Carol, it? Carol? it. I'm pretty into Carol, it. <laughs> pretty into it. Let's give give our listeners a very brief Pokemon Go synopsis. So Pokemon Go is an augmented reality game where it actually utilizes your GPS to track where you are and it projects images of Pokemon around you this so is that getting you can catch really them. Really technical. You can catch them. Okay, that's better. Thanks. You can yeah. catch cuties. You can You're catch, just gonna walk around and throw Pokeballs at cuties. <laughs> just flick some balls around and. You catch them in the real world. Yeah. That's the difference. In real life. Yeah. So 
This is super cool. You've been what you were outside for like seven hours on what Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, so I, I've been doing Pokemon pub crawls with friends and it's yeah. been a really great opportunity to uh just go out, hang out with some friends who I wouldn't otherwise be hanging out with. And then also the beauty of Pokemon Go is you meet so many strangers. Because mm-hmm. there's there's something like the same active user base as Twitter at this point. Right. And so that's millions of people worldwide who are playing this game and they're all outside all doing the exact same thing that you're doing. And a lot of people are really upset about it because you look like an idiot when you're playing. But when you see somebody else who's playing, you're like, hey, got to catch them all. And they're like, heck yeah. And then you start chatting and it's like, <laughs> yeah, suddenly you, you have all these you new don't stranger think friends. They look like an idiot. Yeah. It's just they think they look it's like It's sort of like, well, it's sort of like being in a secret club, right? Yeah. Like a massive secret a club. A massive <laughs> secret club where everybody who's in the club thinks it's amazing. And yeah. everybody who's watching is very confused because there's all these people who have their heads bent down looking at their phones wandering around. And in just random places. Yeah. yeah. It was it was cool. We went to uh we went out to a bar and grill last night and we <laughs> yeah. just as we were driving we saw maybe a half dozen people just walking along, you know, various places on the on the way and you they just had their phones right up in their face and they were just grinning and just kind of running around. Yeah. My favorite yeah. was, it was like right as we were pulling up, two people were just sprinting up the road. Uh, grinning like idiots and then we pull up and Carol's like oh my god I caught a ponita <laughs> well I did I was excited we were like we know where those people are going right they're doing the same thing they I also get... caught a Growlithe at the grocery store right which was cool there was a Growlithe uh, at Schnooks yep in Olive so if anybody you know if you need to get you one need of those okay so, so how does that work then like is that is Nobody that Pokemon knows. just there I... and what, so if I go there I'll see it so I will say or what's so the deal because I, I played it a bit over the weekend as well um this game has probably the least amount of built-in teaching of any any sort of modern game that I've seen in a also long time. Also has no feedback whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So, for one of the easiest examples of this is uh, when you go to catch one of the Pokemon, there's, there's this ring that appears around them and uh, with a green ring inside of it. And that green ring... Green or yellow or red, depending, right, on, depending the difficulty. on the difficulty. But it slowly ex- uh, contracts. And then once it gets completely gone, then it reappears at the total at the outer edge of that, of that ring. Um and the weird thing is, like, I read a, a pro tip thing where they're like, all right, so you want to you want to catch it when the ring is as small as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. then is this like the modern day up and B? Yeah. Kind of right. Thing it might be because <laughs> I talked to someone else and they were like, yeah, you got You really want to catch it when the ring is as big as possible. Which makes so, the most right. intuitive sense because like it feels like that you're trying to get the ball in the ring or but something. It could right? also yeah. be like you're trying to hit, you know, like hit it at the very center of. Both of them, it's like a bullseye right, like, versus a like very open, like taking up all right. the space. Oh my exactly. God, this is just a carnival game, isn't it? It, it basically, basically the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the crazy thing about it is uh, after playing it for a bit, you know, people are still figuring out how it works because the reality is that there's there's, so there's no feedback. feedback and so there's, there's actually so no way teaching. to know mm-hmm. yeah. if you're Now, is right. that by design because the developers knew that everybody's going to be bumping into each other all over the place and talking about it and sharing my experiences? It's interesting because I've had a lot of people on the street stop me and ask me questions about the game and say, have you noticed this or do you know how this works? And so that could actually be part of it. If it's by I design. I suspect it's not by design, yeah, but it's a, it's a I, yeah. good consequence of bad design. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually, <laughs> no, but that's actually an interesting point, right? If you have bad design or unclear, think of like a Sam, Sam and I tried to play Roguelands. Yeah. A couple nights ago, whenever mm-hmm. that was. And we just couldn't figure out how to play this goddamn yeah, game. It's, it's impossibly game on, hard. It's um, like a multiplayer roguelike that's on Steam. Yeah. So. But what it caused us to do is we had to like work together really hard to figure out how to play this game. I had to talk about mm-hmm. it a lot. It got to go like look on online resources, interact with other communities. 
And so the game itself, part of it was because of its poor feedback and, and onboarding was that you had to basically socialize with other people to play. The What's game. how I feel right. about Minecraft Terraria. Yeah. You know, yep. when you boot up Minecraft, you're not going to know that to make a bow, you got to put sticks in a particular right. pattern and right. you know, whatever. There's no way to know that. So it could actually be so. that having, having kind of weak onboarding, um, it can be good. And maybe that's actually a good design principle. Yeah. At least for a multiplayer game. For multiplayer games. For a single player game, it's a kiss of death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, well, I think that's an interesting thing about it, though, because you, you refer to it as poor design, but the reality is it's kind of obfuscated design in reality, right? It's just sort of... Is there a difference? It's hard. There, there, it, there may be... There, I think the difference is in the thought behind it. If you do it on accident, then I think it's poor design because you were okay. trying to make <laughs> sure. it happen. You just got lucky with your own... So, uh, so, so the intention. So, even if the result is the same, it's the intention that matters. I think so. Which is interesting because a player doesn't give a shit no. about the intention or know about it. No. Yep. So, so yeah, it has to, I guess it has to be designed for it to be considered good design. Otherwise, it's just an accident. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, exactly. Mm. And then you and Carol had a little outing. By you, Seth yeah. was pointing to Sam. Sam Carol. But you all can't see that. <laughs> oh yeah, we're in the same room now, which is a new thing. So when we gesticulate, us. you're all going to be very confused. Yeah. So uh, I'm gesticulating wildly right now. It's yeah. She, she's not actually. She's just totally making this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Carol and I yesterday went to uh, local Girl Scouts. What was that? It was like what a summer. It was a summer tech camp. Summer tech Girl camp. Scouts. Well, it was, was so cool. Like they had such a sweet space. I was shocked. Like yeah. The, the building there and everything. It's completely built out for them. And it's just like this. They, we walked in there and they were like building robots and just like hanging out and building really cool stuff. Yeah. I want to be in the Girl and Scouts. It was this huge, right? beautiful space. And I, yeah. I was like, oh, can I? Can I, I just be here? <laughs> yeah. And it was a really, it was a really diverse group of girls. Yeah. Uh, there were anywhere from probably seven or eight years old to mm-hmm. thirteen or fourteen. And they were all collaborating. They were all really excited to learn. And it was just, it was so cool to teach all these girls about game dev because they wouldn't otherwise, I mean, this, this program, I guess, was giving them a lot of background in different kinds of technology. Yeah, I think they'd done, they'd done robotics a couple days ago. And so some of them had come in early to like keep on working on the robots, Mm. which is super cool. Um, I'm not sure what else, but, but the person who organized it said that they they had been looking for someone to come in and teach. Uh, scratch mm-hmm. for game dev, uh, which is a program built by MIT to teach young kids how to develop right and programs. So they they've actually approached us, I think, like probably nine months ago or something like that. It was that, a long time ago. Um, asking if we would be willing to do a program. Um, and so we finally carved out the time for it. We were actually there for three hours, so nine to noon yesterday, and uh, we rewrote the the game maker tutorial, which feels a little. Uh, it's probably the same as it's been for 10 years. I mean, it's yeah. So the weird thing about it is like, is that game dev is, is super enjoyable because of, of the fact that you get to iterate. And so you build a thing, hit play and see, see if it works and then add some stuff or subtract some stuff. And you just keep on building like that. And that's how, that's how we do all of our stuff here. And that's really the feedback loop that makes it very essentially addictive as a hobby uh, versus some other things. But the way that they had structured that tutorial originally, essentially you coded and sort of worked in the engine for about probably like 45 minutes before yeah. you ever hit play. You and then built the game it all done. without ever yeah. seeing it. Yeah, no feedback So at all. you don't get the... Yeah, because that's right. the whole way of learning programming. The reason programming is one of the most amazing things to do is that instantaneous feedback yeah. by making a change, hitting go. Making a right. change, hitting it go. Was right. so, it, yeah, it was so... Yeah, it was very interesting because the, the tutorial had all of the information and it was very well... It, it wasn't 
poorly communicated or anything yeah, like yeah. that. But you it's had to build the, the whole thing. Yeah, the structure okay. was essentially wrong, in my opinion, for actually teaching it. And so, um, Although, so yeah, we rewrote it. And if you was it structured so that they just didn't tell you to do it, or would it have been impossible if you like hit play partway through, it just wouldn't do anything? It wouldn't, it wouldn't have, have worked. Okay. because they didn't, didn't. I think you didn't put anything in the room until mm-hmm. the very end. Oh, no. so you had to build the whole machine yeah. to see. Oh. Right. Yeah. So we <laughs> so, built it basically backwards. backwards. Yeah, almost completely backward. It was so cool though because every time we would play it and there was a bug that we had intentionally put in there mm-hmm. to teach them something they would be like excuse me this is happening why is this happening and we're like we'll get to that yeah. and it was an extra opportunity to reinforce why we were learning the way that we were learning yeah. it was so cool to yeah. see that and that really learning cool. by introducing by having errors is actually the way you do it exactly like yeah. why is it doing this instead of just okay i'm doing this I don't know why. Now look what I did. But yeah, now yeah. it just magically works and I don't know why it did that. Yeah, but I think my, my favorite part is we wrapped up the tutorial about probably 11, 20 or so. So we had about 40 minutes where we told all the girls to just make up some stuff and try to try to build something else with the tools we've given you. And uh, and one of them was very excited about making making the, the characters who in this game are just bouncing around uh, within a sort of confined box about making them so that when they contact each other that they eat each other. And she really wanted to basically make Agar.io, right? Which is the, is the game in which you play, basically you play as a, as a circle and then depending on your size, you can eat other circles and grow. Not a lot of time them. was spent on the graphics. Correct. And so, <laughs> uh, so she's like, I really want to make, I want to turn this into this. So she could, the interesting thing about that is that she could essentially forecast what we had built, which is this very simple, uh, completely uncontrolled, you know, guy bouncing around that you click on. Uh, she sort of was able to forecast that into, oh, this is essentially a, you know, one of the building blocks for something like a Gario. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's so, hooked now. Yeah, she was That's so it. pumped. It's, it's over. So we'd work with her for a little bit and get her, uh, like I showed her how to edit the sprite. So she remade the sprite into a green guy instead of a red guy and used that as a, you know, oppositional figure. And then once she got them to eat each other, she came sprinting over to wherever I was. Uh, working with someone else and was just like just so jazzed yeah, <laughs> she was stoked she was like it works <laughs> she went back um, so that's I mean that's always really fun to see that was super worth it um, it was very tiring though I think Carol and I both got back and just kind of slumped we guys got yeah. back at noon or something yeah it was a long morning yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. this, this comes right back to this, this sort of time dilation feeling yeah. where it felt like you probably for you guys it felt like you had done an entire day yes. oh yeah stuff, and then you came back and it's only halfway right done you, you expend so much energy teaching especially teaching I, there was like 30 girls like 25, there, 25, 25, yeah. Uh, and it just, you know, you have to bounce around from girl to girl to make sure everybody's keeping up. And then you have to make sure that you spend the time with the girls who aren't having an easy time to keep mm-hmm. up, make sure that they understand and yeah. all these things. I had flashbacks. I taught eight weeks at the Youth Learning Center here in St. Louis teaching game design to a small group of kids. It was eight kids at the Youth Learning Center that Even I was that. teaching. Even that every single week after just an hour, I would be out. And this yeah. was three hours with 25 girls so kudos to all you (laughs) teachers out there how you do it nobody knows yeah all right so other things going on uh i have just two things from my personal life that i want to share (laughs) one is what appears to be some sort of chocolate demon chocolate demon that has attached itself (laughs) to my backside I know that sounds like sounds like I'm talking sounds about like some a good digestive problem. It may be a euphemism. It may be euphemism, but it's not. It, Which it's is not. actually even more amazing. Right. So, so we got we got to go back to the beginning. Let's yeah. Let's, let's take it. Back. Start the story at the beginning. So about two years ago, we decided to buy phones through Butterscotch, and I got a new phone and very excited about it. And it also happened to be the case that I think somewhere between four and seven days after buying this new phone, I had been eating some Hershey's Kisses. 
and I put one of them in my pocket. And Which is already... You never do. Never yeah. do Your this. Buddy. They are not securely packaged. Out, even in the absence of all hot. the other parts of this discussion, why did you put that well, in that was, that was mistake number one. <laughs> right. So we'll just, we're going to gloss over that. But <laughs> child. So, I had, oh yeah, I was, I was carrying candies in my pocket like a child. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I pull out my phone, and it, it just has a thick coating of chocolate just completely over the bottom sort of quarter of the phone around where the audio jack is. Because you just kind of, you made a fondue pot in, in your pocket, pocket and, and you just no dunked idea. your phone in there. So I pull this phone out and I'm, I mean, shocked that it's covered in chocolate because who does that happen to? And then I uh, get it cleaned up, but the audio jack never works and the buttons are a little wonky. So, uh, you know, two years go by and finally we have, through our planner, able to get well, an your, upgraded phone. Your phone has been degrading yeah, this it was, whole it was time. Sort of breaking anyways. Um, well, maybe not anyway. It, it may, might have been. It may have been chocolate related, chocolate but I'm going to maintain <laughs> that it was, it was something else. Um, yes, yeah, so we, we get a new phone uh, this past week. Right. Because your microphone eventually stopped working, which stopped working. makes a phone less useful. Yeah. It also happens to be down near where the chocolate happened on that phone. So where the chocolate happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm stepping some, yeah. stepping yeah. some distance you're, you're away. responsibility That's downstream. It's equal to where the wild things are, I believe. Um, so uh, we get, I, get, I get this new phone. I'm going to say I. I'm going to take full, full responsibility. I got this new phone <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, drove up to Iowa this past weekend to visit the fam, came back to St. Louis, and on the drive back up, uh, I'd given my phone to my fiance while I was driving so she could find a podcast to listen to. And while she was waiting for the phone to load, she just sat the phone next to her on the car seat. And of course, we're driving, so there's bumps and stuff. And so after a few minutes, I say, oh, did that did the podcast load? And she looks down and the phone is gone. And she says, oh, oh I, don't, well, I don't know where your phone went. And then she sits up and there it is. And it's sort of you know jammed into the the uh, back sort of crease of the seat where the back meets the the bottom and she pulls it out and lo and behold the bottom of it is somehow covered in chocolate again <laughs> and, and the entire thing so it goes it does the, it looks exactly the same as it did the first time this happened two a years ago demon. in the same time frame for me getting a new phone and you're so cursed i yeah i feel cursed and then yesterday when we get to this pub <laughs> i I yeah, same as the car. Now, this is in of my car. This is an Adam's car. This is in my car so now. It, so now this Where is an environment know, that we've Sam moved has out no. Of the domain Sam has control over. And there's yeah. been there's been no chocolate in Adam's car. And also, I ate chocolate earlier in the day. But for the record, we sit on these bungee chairs, which you can't. There's no way anything can Get sit on, on there with you because they're essentially a bunch of slats. Some things could rest, perhaps, on a perhaps, bungee strap. But like, I, mean, I was eating the chocolate. And then I was done. I, I don't know. I don't. So I don't. I'm so dubious about how this happened. But I get up and there's chocolate now melted into Adam's seat from my thighs. The bottom of my thighs. <laughs> and I get up and Adam starts yelling about how there's chocolate in his car. And then we look and there's there's a chocolate mass <laughs> on my back the, leg. Oh yeah, the back of your right leg. Like what is happening to me? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like yeah. this chocolate demon is somehow related to that demon that lives in the dryer that takes your, takes socks. your socks. Could be. Probably first cousins or something, you know? I was saying there's a children's book about this. I'm pretty sure it was called Chocolate Pox, and it was just like the King Midas story chocolate where pox. you touch stuff and it just becomes chocolate. Was Pox short for pocket? Well, in this case, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate Pox. <laughs> 
So yeah, I got the I got the chalk pox. Apparently, um, I'm not so sure about the cure, but I'm really hoping that at least the symptoms die down in the coming weeks. I'm thinking maybe maybe that it was that first episode mm-hmm. where you put the thing in your in your pants. Are you talking right? about put the chocolate which, in your pants? Which, which thing we're talking <laughs> about? When you purposely <laughs> back going when here. you purposely put the chocolate in your pants. Yes. And you then think it warmed was a it summoning up. ritual. I think, yeah, I think this was a summoning because like nobody would do that. It doesn't make any sense, right? What <laughs> chance which did you? Never been done it's never been done before, and it's probably because whenever it has been done, it's always summoned a demon. So it's why when right. when parents mm. tell their children, you know, they say, "Oh yeah, don't put those chocolates in your pocket." It's not because it they the melt, yeah. even though that does happen. Why. It does happen. It's because it summons the chocolate. Demon. And really, so M and M is like what the what the candy layer does is actually it just contains the demon. contains the demon so that they don't. So Melt. Yeah, so you can eat it first so the demon doesn't get released. Yeah, so we've all been actually safely protected from the chocolate demon for, for eons, actually. But Sam have, has released it. I have brought yeah. this calamity into our lives, and I apologize. You yeah, somehow figured out the proper spell. There are worse yeah. demons to summon. I, I suppose. It seems <laughs> like, yeah, it's a, it's a low-level demon. Yeah, but, but here's the it's thing, though. Level six. It's becoming more aggressive over time. It, yeah. It's true. It, it, is, it is gaining XP. Yeah. It's, it's gaining XP. Soon it will take over all of Sam's persona, and Sam will just would, exist as the chocolate demon. <laughs> <laughs> Sam will come into work. He'll sit down. He'll be jamming. Chocolate sources will just go flying out. <laughs> he'll look down, and his pants are chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> there'll be chocolate oozing down his monitor. As it <laughs> I appear to be slowly being overtaken by. I think the, isn't this demon. what like the movie, movie The Grudge is about? Probably or the ring. Like <laughs> so I'll be yeah, showering in a chocolate hand. Help me <laughs> just come in and help me shampoo briefly. And and you just away. grab a finger and just start gnawing <laughs> on it. <laughs> Yeah, chocolate sounds. I don't know if it sounds too bad. I'm it's a blurs. Yeah, it's, it's a, a blurs. It's a blurs. It's a blurs. Mm-hmm. Definitely blursing. Yeah. Blurs. Yeah. I've been blursed by the chocolate. The chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> blursed by the chocolate. Saint Cadbury. Saint Cadbury. Saint Cadbury saved me from the chocolate dermy. Uh, so the last bit of news we have, otherwise, aside from whatever that was. Uh, is that we're going to be probably doing some tweaks to the podcast format. Um, we missed a few weeks because of all the office turmoil. Um, and now that we're back and we're now the six-person studio and everything, we have to probably make some changes to keep this thing going and keep it feasible and interesting. Um, so what are we doing? What's our plan? I don't know. Do we, we don't know yet. Does yeah, that's know? the problem. We don't have a plan. <laughs> but we are going to make a plan. Yeah, The, the plan, plan is to make a plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, the plan is to have Carol make a plan. Hey, that's my job now. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're passing the buck. Yeah, oh! eh, still not sick of that joke. You know what that reminds me of? Pass the buck, a game of corporate responsibility management. Now available Carol on Merit. Amazon.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good game. <laughs> Thank but you. Yeah, so we, because uh, we want to do a sort of fresh rotation of everybody in the studio, um, but also have stability of certain people on the show all the time. So we want to get Andy and Sharon here probably next week or the week after to kind of get in and have everybody get a feel for their vibe because mm-hmm. they're pretty, pretty goofy. They're pretty and vibey. They're and they pretty... both have really awesome accents. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Southern accent and a Chinese accent. Which I feel like we were talking about this the other day about how you slowly mimic people over the course of a conversation. How's this going to end up? I don't know, because we already have a weird accent. And then. Who are you calling weird? (laughs) (laughs) So we have been told. Things are going to get. Things are going to get. By people who think they are less weird than they are. Uh, 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 
So everyone. Yeah, whenever everyone, we, everyone. I notice whenever we play Rocket League with everybody, we all start gets, taking on really each other's southern. accents. Yeah. I yeah. feel like, yeah, driving a, driving a car with a rocket on it sort of trends you toward the south <laughs> in, your, in your mindset. No yeah. offense, Andy. No, no, it's a, it's a compliment of the highest. Of the highest. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, with all that news out of the way, it's question time. Question time. Question time. All right, so questions today uh, come from quite a few people and uh, and also quite a few new people. So we're gonna try Noops. to. We'll be we'll be playing around Noop, with some noobies. of these. We yeah. get we're getting a good mix of sort of weird philosophical questions and then just just goofy, easy, short ones. So we'll we'll throw everybody in. Uh, with the first question by Alan Falcon, who says we need to start nicknaming these people who ask questions all the time. Al Fal. Al Fal. Al Falcon. A funny tall guy once said that the highest ideals are human intelligence, creativity, and love. What are your highest ideals? In uh, Carol. So, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, so I, I would agree with that, but I was have always been affected by something a an elementary school teacher taught me. Or hmm. I guess in middle school. I was probably eleven. Was this elementary school a funny tall guy? He you know he was. Oh my God. I don't even remember his name. Abraham Lincoln? That could be it. Could that be. could be it. Could be. Uh, he, it was in a, some sort of an academic kind of a stretch class so that it was teaching us all how to think a little bit harder mm. than 11 year olds are typically told to think. Which is not and super hard. <laughs> there was one class where he spent the entire day talking about respect mm. and how if everybody respected one another, we would all get along and it, like the world would be a better place because everything good is based on respect. You don't even have to like each other. You don't have to love each other. You just have to respect each other and respect certain, you know, learning learning opportunities and respect certain other kinds of opportunities. It's just... I think that's true. Is it kind of like yeah. the ideal of, you know, at least tolerating people because of, not because of maybe things that you disagree with, but because of the sharedness of the human experience, I guess? I suppose, yeah. It's, it's a matter of understanding and empathizing mm -hmm. and respecting that other people have different values and beliefs well, and it, it is the case that if you if you have a conversation with somebody who you have a general sense that they respect you mm -hmm. and vice versa then something that they say which it would you might normally be potentially a negative thing you're going to automatically you know give them the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. right so if somebody criticizes something that you've done but you know that they respect you as a person uh then you're going to take that more as a sort of hmm. constructive criticism as opposed to sort of finding the negative thing in what they said right so even that alone sort of boosts your interactions with people cool so you, sure. so you would add respect to that list of, yes, of three that's that's hmm. the more how about curiosity that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, that kind of comes hand in hand with intelligence. And creativity. You know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like curiosity feels like its own separate entity in that regard. Because that's like, that's the drive to figure out stuff. To learn. Right? How, about, yeah. how about cynicism? No, that's a bad one. That's not good. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think uh, like respect. I and think empathy is empathy. the only one you need. Yeah. Because mm. empathy to me sounds like actually it's the basis of respect. Respect. It's the basis of love, creativity, curiosity. I don't know about intelligence. I've met some intelligent people who completely lack empathy. So well, then are like, they really intelligent? Ooh. They have emotional intelligence is a different from a different <laughs> thing. thing. Intellectual. EI. Yeah. And he's and he's creeping down the stairs right now to try, <laughs> to try not to make any noise. I want to disturb him. <laughs> <laughs> that was Andy on the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> 
Cool. Okay. So, so that's not a super high order at all for us to all try to hit those, I guess. Right. No, it's super easy. Easy. Yeah, Intelligence, just, creativity, love, empathy, just, respect. Just be the ultimate human. Duh. Yeah. Piece of cake. All right, Superhumans, all of us. We solved it. Uh, next question comes from Dumbrowski. Have you ever started an, imp- an impromptu song where people just start adding their own part until you have a sweet ass song? <laughs> I don't know, Sam. What do you think? I don't know, Kara. <laughs> ass song. <laughs> that was a sweet ass song. That was, that was the best ass song. It was an ass song. I don't know about the sweetness part of it, but. <laughs> but it was an ass song. It was an clearly. ass song. This was clearly a prompt. <laughs> For that to happen. Well, I think it's interesting because we talked about this earlier, but I mean, everybody, uh, now the office is full. There's a lot of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of screaming. The uh, blood curdling time. <laughs> yes. And uh, there's a lot of, I guess just, yeah, generally loud, happy interaction. So people come in in the morning, they yell from upstairs, everybody downstairs yells. Uh, then we put them in the training dungeon and then they scream bloody murder. <laughs> yeah. <And> the blood curdling <laughs> Christ start. I broke out of the training dungeon early. Yeah. Yeah. Curl escape. That's one of the first tests. Can yeah. you escape from the training dungeon? Then your training's over. That's just how it works. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's uh it's been it's been hilarious being in the office with with everybody. I mean, we did this even when it was just Seth and I in his in his apartment. Um it was loud. Right when we started. Yeah, you finish something and you just scream because it's done. <laughs> or you're in the middle of something and you scream because you're in the middle of something. <laughs> yeah. Really, there's plenty of good reasons to scream. Or you're about to start or something sing. and or you scream. Sing. Or scream sing or screlch. <laughs> you have locked that down. I appreciate that. Uh, for the most part, you also wear your soundproofing headphones. This is true. With high Adam, first he will he will glance over and notice that Sam's headphones on, and then just emit screlches nonstop. <laughs> those are scream belches for those of you who are uninitiated. It's when as the scream comes out, you as also comes out. You also just vocalize yeah, as much as possible. The belch is the part you control. The scream is unintentional. <laughs> It's, it's sort of like my scream kneezes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Scream kneezes. Screezes. Yeah, people who squeeze always weird me out. Carol does it the other day. <laughs> That's when someone's so like, yeah! <laughs> You sneeze and you just vocalize on top of it. I'm more like, <laughs> You know what's something people don't do a lot of? What? Fart screaming. <laughs> oh, I do that. I do plenty of that. Just not just, have you done? Have you done fart coughing? Where you oh, cough oh, so that's, hard that's, that you, a, that's a risky one though, because that quickly leads to cough sharding. <laughs> <laughs> and snarting. Snarting is a really snarting. easy thing to do accidentally. Sneeze, that, sneeze fart. Sneeze fart. Yes, I have really a hard to, to portmanteau. <laughs> <laughs> no, snarting is amazing. Wait, which one's snarting again? Sneeze, sneeze farting. Sneeze, sneeze farting. Okay. <laughs> one time, I was petting my cat. She's just like sitting on my lap, looking adorable as hell, and then she goes. And I just look at her. I go, "Did you just snart?" And, and she she's said like, "Nothing." As you started the no, story a lot. with the cat in your lap, I was like, "Who is it? Who is going <laughs> to snart?" Do it. But I was like, "I was hoping she it was going to be snarted. both." It was the cutest snart in the entire world. I don't know. And I feel so I honored feel like to have bore witness. Very cute, you know, like a cute snart. I feel like is at the bottom but, of the list of cute things. Yeah. It's, it's so cute. Yeah, that's a, that's a rough area to be in on the cutest <laughs> spectrum, and like the Below snart the snart area. Zone. <laughs> The snart zone. Maybe that's what we should call it. When someone's trying to be cute and it's just not cute. Like one of those little it's kids who's like, I'm snart. a dog all the time. And you're, you're like, like you nope, stop. you're in the snart zone. You're in the snart zone. <laughs> you're, ba- you're basically a walking snart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only cute when it's a kitty. 
It's true. That's true of almost anything a cat can do, actually. Yeah, if somebody walks into your house and just says, fuck this glass, and they just knock it off <laughs> your shelf and break like, it. What the fuck is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, when a cat does it, you're like, ah, you oh, got no kitty. Yes. Knocking glasses off. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're going <laughs> to... So yes, answer yes. We make sweet ass songs. What was the question? Oh yes, <laughs> snarts, scratches. Got, got away from us a little bit. <laughs> uh, so next question comes from Angry Muffin. And short story about Angry Muffin. Uh, we'd interacted briefly on Twitter a while ago, and he had this hilarious Angry Muffin drawing for his picture. Um, it's happened to be when I was working on art stuff, and so which is always, which is always, and now at least, and so should be. I thought, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna draw this thing because drawing an angry muffin is sounds like sounds a thing amazing. I should do, and so I did it, and then just sent him the files for it, and he was super pumped. So his little avatar is now an angry muffin from us. Um, but he asked a question, which is that he said, "Is the art that Sam Burrs in your Twitter post for a new multiplayer quadrupus game?" And I thought we could talk a little bit about. That stuff. Let's talk about codename new game. Codename that stuff. Brunch. Codename brunch. Uh, I. How much should we be? T- do we re- revealing? Be, uh, all of it. All of it. Why not? Well, it's just good. This is. I mean, the podcast is. These, these are our people. That's true. Yeah, people don't talk to other people about things on podcast. Yeah, but they should because you know it helps us to grow the podcast. <laughs> yeah, please, so please share this podcast with all your friends. Share, like it, but give don't reviews, tell them give ratings in it. Don't tell them about it. Just tell them. Just make them listen to it. The secret will be out. take them to your training dungeon. Strap them in. <laughs> <laughs> Teach them about the podcast. Uh, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll just. All right, so before we talk about what we want to do for the next game, I have to preface it with a warning, which is literally none of this is going to be in the final game. Yeah. Yep. Um, this is a very early prototypey stage. Uh, so we want to capitalize on the cool kind of world building stuff that we did in Crashlands, but really take a much bigger focus on that. So uh, we're going to combine procedural generation with handcrafted environments like we'd, what we did in Crashlands. Mm-hmm. We're going to take it to the next level. So what is the next level? The next level is to actually make a place that is so in Crashlands, you kind of bounce between these biomes and they feel they feel like kind of unique environments. But they at the same time, because they're just kind of infinite sameness, right. they don't really feel like a real place. Because uh, what makes a, a place feel real is having, you know, really interesting geographic landmarks and stable. towns and, and stability. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and something that's a shared experience yeah. because there are actually because the randomness is just interesting enough in Crashlands that there are in any given game there'll be a massive lake or a huge tar pit but the problem or is a big just barren wasteland or yeah. whatever but everyone finds that in a different place if they find it at all and so there aren't shared landmarks that people can then talk about and remember and and so on right so we're going to try to capture that by blending what we did in Crashlands with some new stuff that we have yet to develop uh, mm-hmm. but it's basically going to amount to having a an established world map that's going to be Really, really big. Um, Sam has already drawn up the first prototype or the first draft of that map, and it's looking uh, fantastic. And can I just say, after after our uh, pubbing last night, Andy and I were talking <laughs> because we actually uh, Andy is a global global information systems. Is that what's called? Geographic. Geographic information systems. Um, he's a geographer. He's a geographer. And so we were chatting last night, and of course, I I made this map while he was here, and then proudly presented it. I was like, "Look at this map I made." 
And then last and he night, said it was cool, but internally he was like, "That's a shit map." Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> last night he was like, "Hey, you gonna be working on that map again before this uh, this thing on Friday? Where you putting putting uh, new work together for the game?" And I said, "Yeah, I mean, at some point I'll probably revisit it." He was like, "Cool, because I can make it geographically accurate if you want." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah." Wait, in what fashion? So, well, apparently, with, because you know, it, depending on your distance from the equator, from from what my brief conversation, from what I understand, uh, distance from the equator as well as, you know, what oceans and bodies of water and stuff are available to you is what ends up determining what biomes are available in yeah, the continent that right. you're in. And so uh, apparently they would get tests where the professor would just draw a fake continent somewhere on the world and then be like, tell me all the, bi- tell me, like outline where all the biomes would be given this right. continent, given whatever mountain range. Yeah, and what you did is you basically drew a shape and then said, here's this biome, here's this one, and here's that yeah. one with complete disregard to that. Making and I mean, it is a video game, so we, we will have some disregard to make things you know, yeah. more interesting. But, um, but it would be cool. But I mean, it like having those extra constraints actually helps a ton as far as figuring yeah. out where stuff is. But I think also probably people just intuitively mm-hmm. like because they go out and experience the world at least at least now that Pokemon Go exists <laughs> right? and they kind of have an intuitive understanding of what's a realistic environment given mm-hmm. where they are and that kind of thing so so because I know like World of Warcraft is a great job of this mm-hmm. where you walk up and also there's a mountain and it feels like a natural progression mm-hmm. and even when you go from a kind of a dark creepy biome you know into a light one the the, the they, way that they, they transition, transition is really well. good yeah. and that probably has the same kind of underlying basis yeah. yeah so this is this is what we're talking about with taking things to the next level is really taking a lot of deep thought into trying to create something that feels like a more tangible world. Um, we're also developing some new uh, character sort of alien races mm-hmm. that we're going to be encountering as well as using some of the old ones and bringing, you know, expanding their story and their lore and everything. So, so that's the, the quadrupi are, are one of them. So you will be playing as quadrupi again. So I'm not going to say anything about the gameplay just yet. It's a little sure. rough and tumble. Well, I mean, so we, we know. Well, we know how the combat's going to work. We know the basics. Uh, we don't know how literally everything else, which is going to be the meat of the game, actually works. And so, and the basics might change. They they might change. Yep. Uh, at this point, it uses a similar sort of telegraph system as Crashlands, but is much more. Well, in Crashlands, you yourself don't, don't really use right. don't really use telegraphs. You would you know click on an enemy, your character would run over there and right. just start whacking the enemy. And when you tapped on a bomb or something, it would just fling the bomb at the enemy. Um, and there wasn't really much in the way of sort of skill based combat from a you know general aiming kind of mm-hmm. perspective uh, you just pick the target and then hit buttons and you and your character fought so it it's more like you play as a complicated creature or a boss from Crashlands, as far as right, yeah. having these different telegraph attacks that you try to hit things with. Yeah, and so timing is going to become a thing Positioning where... Positioning is important. Yep, so so you'll you'll hit an ability and you kind of aim it and you'll have maybe a, a half second to a second or something to uh, to get it lined up properly to where you think the enemy is going to be, you know, when mm-hmm. they when the, the attack lands or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, we're going to have a really flexible ability system. It's Yeah, we'll, we'll try to reveal some stuff as things get a little bit more settled, but because we're in, you know, heavy training mode and still wrapping up some things with Crashlands and stuff, then we're, we aren't able to put 100% full time into it yet, but we'll, we'll th- trickle maybe, some info out. And you, I mean, you put it in maybe a few hours a week, probably. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, both of you, both between art and, and game well, design. Well, Sam's on it a I'm lot, quite a bit. Yeah, actually yeah. quite a bit. Uh, so maybe we should actually start, because this is impossible to do over a podcast to describe a game that doesn't right. exist. Yeah. Uh, so maybe what we should do is instead of trying to answer these questions here. Do mm-hmm. some dev blogs. Do some, not even blogs, just do some video series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, have a, have a weekly video series or something where one or the two of you or some person in the, in the, the group show just shows, yeah, the thing they're working on related to the next game with always that big disclaimer. 
this will actually be in the game. But that would be a fun thing to do. That's a great idea. Yeah. Super damn. I like it. Yeah. Next question comes from Serge Monstraker. Serge Monstraker. Did your games are awesome and very fun and addicting? How do you come up with and the art's phenomenal? Yeah, you skipped that part. How do you how do you come up with such brilliant masterpieces? And I actually want to ask this question. Uh, given, given, so given that Carol, you've been in the studio just for a couple of weeks now, mm-hmm. and you've seen us brainstorm about stuff and chat and all that stuff. Um, I guess what's your take on the way that we? How do you think we make make such brilliant masterpieces? I, yeah. <laughs> what's my take on your brilliance? Your, well, I'm not trying to ask about the brilliance. I'm just curious about your take. Tell us really the nice things about her. Just the work, the work process. Yeah. Uh, so it's been it's been really interesting, and about what I expected, honestly, from having known you all for a few years now, mm. it's been extraordinarily collaborative. And I, I like the way that somebody will come up with an idea, pitch it, and everyone will just build on it. And we do that even regardless of game design ideas, I've noticed. Even after we demoed at the first Friday's event at the Science Center, we talked about the demo and then we just started throwing out ideas. Everybody started throwing out ideas to, to make it better and more effective. And the, the same thing goes for the game. So you'll talk about the lore and we'll all be like, oh my god, that's great, yeah. And then we could also do what this. If, right. And then, oh my gosh, what if we do this thing? And it's just, <laughs> it's like, gonna be so cool. <laughs> Sorry, that's like- mostly me. That's- <laughs> and then, and, uh, and then we can we can talk about all this cool stuff. So we sound like we kind of sound like uh, five year olds, hyper <laughs> hyper five year olds, but with skills to actually do the things that we are talking about. Supposedly. Supposedly. One thing I think uh, it's important thing that we try to do is nobody gets attached to an idea. Mm. So uh, so we do have these really just zany brainstorming sessions, but nobody walks away from that going if these fuckers don't put my idea in the game i'm just i'm out of here you know um because we throw ideas out there whatever seems cool and seems to work with whatever else is is going on in the game uh hopefully it makes it in but think you know most most of our ideas never make it in to anything uh because we just don't have enough time or or power or anything so um you know we all have to just be okay with throwing throwing a thousand ideas out there and having 995 of them well even when somebody starts with an idea it gets distorted so quickly by everybody else's yep. participation that you know you don't there just is no idea it, just, it becomes it becomes yeah. the group's idea yeah. instead of an individual well, we're we, just a hive mind yeah we've seen that from all the other games we've developed as soon as we, like whenever we put them out or even just a few weeks into dev um they really lose so it's weird because you get you get a sense of collective ownership but not a personal ownership if yeah. that makes sense um so when crashlands came out for example you know, we're looking at it. You think each one of us from a different angle, um, looking at this game, seeing people play it. But it's weird because it actually feels slightly alien because it feels like, like somebody else yeah, made it. It feels like yeah. somebody else made it. And that somebody else is essentially the combined sort of entity. It's, it's butterscotch shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is super cool. Um, yeah. I think you get that with a lot of creative media, though. I've talked to yeah. even independent filmmakers who work almost exclusively alone, and they they still feel like once the project is done, it's no longer theirs. Right. It sort of has its own life yeah. at that point. And with art, a lot of times people will look back at it and sort of think, wow, I didn't remember working on that. I don't remember doing that. How mm-hmm. could anybody be so well, brilliant as to make little... this beautiful <laughs> masterpiece? Well, no, it's, I think it's because anything that's really big like that is just made up of lots of tiny little pieces, mm-hmm. and you're only ever working 
working on the little pieces at yeah. a time. Like you can't just make a whole game, you know, like that. You have to do little bits at a time and you just don't remember those individual yeah, things. Losing that connection with the ultimate. Yeah. So when it's goal. so when it's done, you don't sit there and think, I made that. You think, well, I made this, then I made this, then that. Then well, then not that. even you go backwards. You can you can remember the things you just made and then you forget everything yeah. else. <laughs> so you just think, oh, I just made this one final piece and look at this cool thing that now exists, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny because my so the final creature that I made for Crashlands is the Gulanti, which is the last one you see in the tundra. And by okay. the time the Gulanti and the Gallum, I can never remember which one's which. Which one's the, the sort of giraffe, the electric giraffe? Okay. Um, when because I had the time between me making it and seeing it implemented, and then actually seeing it in game was so long Probably that I had several months. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgotten about it. And it just scared the shit out of me when I saw it. You made <laughs> so I came across it, and it was a uh, it was it's one of the special ones, and so yeah. it was aggressive, and it was just trying to murder You're me. Like, how did this get here? <laughs> Who put this here? <laughs> Which is hysterical. Yeah, the fact that it can get that big or far away that you can kind of re-experience it, I think, is really really neat. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's hit the next question. This one comes from Danold. 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 In reference to another podcast he loves, if you had the choice to throw cold spaghetti at anybody in the world, who would each of you choose? The idea being it's nonviolent, but can still send a message. What other podcast? Wait a minute. Is this with know. sauce or is it, just, is it just the noodles? I think it's just the noodles. It's just a pile of noodles. Well, Wait, I, maybe I it's just, sauce. I'd like to just have some thrown at me. I would say that's free spaghetti. spaghetti, you know? Yeah. And I'm, it's cold. You could just you could add sauce to it, heat it up. Boom. Or you could just put it right in the refrigerator because it's already at just refrigerator catch temperature. Catch it with the Tupperware and move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess the answer is yourself. I would. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I'm I'm gluten intolerant, so I'll throw it at all of you. Carol, yeah. start hissing. <laughs> so actually, it would be sort or of snorting. It would be kind of a violent behavior to throw spaghetti noodles at a gluten intolerant person. Yeah, that would be horrible. It's disrespectful because like, these they, look so good, but I can't. Yeah, participate. Can't. If they were corn noodles, maybe they were made of corn. Did they do those? Is that yeah. Good? Yes. It sounds I, actually, actually. When I'm rereading this question, what the last part of this is? It's nonviolent. But still sends a message. Is it really true that if you just throw fucking cold spaghetti at somebody? It's a little violent. Yeah, I think that's well, a little violent. It is doing some violence. It doesn't do a lot a, of harm. Yeah, correct. But I don't think harm and it's violence are the same thing. It's like the bean, the shotgun bean bags from yeah, the police, right? right? It's like, that's be okay. harmful. It's, well, it's not going to kill a man. It could, but yeah, Maybe, very rare. Probably. <laughs> Those beanbags come out pretty it's fast. It's less, what's the term? Uh, less lethal. Less lethal, is it? Yeah. That's something like that. <laughs> oh, God. I watched a lot of Flashpoint, which is a fucking amazing TV show made by Canadians. So cold, spaghetti, <laughs> cold spaghetti is basically a less it's lethal. It's a less lethal. Yeah. Violent. Unless you're gluten intolerant. In which case, it's probably more lethal. Though, than now I've been thinking about it, I kind of wish that police officers would adopt this approach instead of the bean bag. Throwing <laughs> cold just spaghetti. spaghetti. Yeah, you know, they you just have buckets of cold spaghetti. There's civil unrest. There's rioters. Just like spaghetti, spaghetti, just, spaghetti. Just whip some noodles at them. Because you're not going to be doing anything that looks, you know, violent or rebellious when you're just draped in cold noodles. And I, well, yeah, they I feel, I feel like it's a, while they're doing it. I, I feel like you know because it diffuses the situation if somebody just flings wet <laughs> noodles onto you, right? Because it's so what absurd. Happened? You can't be mad about it anymore. Yeah. Unlike tear gas, which is less absurd. Okay, but if yeah, you could, it hurts your face. So going back to the spirit of the question, which is okay, if you had to pick a person to throw noodles on, in the sense of a disapproval noodle throw, disapproval noodle, a disapproval noodle. Can you throw you noodles, noodles onto a dead person? Sure. Well, I guess Hitler then. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's just a cop out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a cop, cop out. out. Anytime historical figures reference, just take him out of the equation. It's just, it's just, just don't throw. He's yeah. just, just always the guy. 
Right so now, you're telling I'd... me I can't throw noodles at Hitler? You feel? I still, I still hold fast to my cold noodles at Seth thing. I'll take them. <laughs> That's free noodles. That's actually probably the most nonviolent approach you could take because he wants those noodles. He want, really wants I want the noodles. Those noodles. I just now I, I just want to see what Seth looks like covered in cold noodles. Uh, it might, it might make me look like I have hair. Yeah. I might, oh. I might get a wig, noodle wig. Get some noodle dreads. We'll look like yeah. twinsies. Yeah, blonde noodle <laughs> dreads. <laughs> I right. guess noodles are blonde. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, unless they're unless they're buckwheat, buckwheat, mm. or that green buckwheat? shit. Are there buckwheat noodles? There are buckwheat noodles. What's buckwheat, anyways. Uh, darker wheat. I don't, I don't think it's actual wheat made from buck buck horns. What? It's like, antlers. Like, it's antlers. Mm. <laughs> Which it's may be very crunchy. They would be in that case. Yeah. High calcium. Probably. We did also. find out that Carol can eat Cheetos. I'm so excited. So are you gluten free people? Cheetos are gluten free. Go go hard. Go hard. Are they go like, ham. Are they, are they gluten free to the max? It says it on the back. It of the says bag. on the oh, bag. Fuck yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nice work, Cheetos. That reminds me. Yesterday What's I that? said go ham around the Girl Scouts, and I immediately regretted saying ham. A little girl should go ham on something. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I reminded her, I was like, most people don't understand the, that that's an, an abbreviation. Yeah, an acronym for hard as a motherfucker. Oh, is it? It is. No, I didn't even, I didn't know yeah, that was true. I just thought it was a weird Some thing people say. eight-year-old. Go ham on that. Go, go <laughs> ham, <laughs> bamps. <laughs> Which is amazing. Peace. Access. Yeah. All right, next question comes from Baxtor. Whoa. Max Tuber, who asks, yeah, Max Tuber, would you ever consider a team building exercise slash game jams other than within your time zone? Wait, this person's from the UK. Carol, can you read this in your UK voice? Oh, would you ever consider a team building exercise or game jams other than within your time zone? This is great. I'm from the UK and short of flying over to get a decent team high five during an event, would you all consider travel to the other side of the pond? Nice. Thanks, Max Tuber. I'm going to be honest, the ocean is... Larger than a pond. It is a long trip. Yeah, who the fuck started calling it the, the pond? pond? The pond. It's a big pond. I, mean, I feel like that was a thing maybe during the colonial period. The British were like, you're just across the pond. So don't go. Don't we go got our eyes, eyes on it. But at that time, it took like three weeks to get across know, that but, pond. You know, they want you to be scary. You can be scary. I guess it took three weeks to do anything, so time meant something different. But I guess well. we, shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't talk about the time that we broke up with Britain right now because it's, it's a sore topic. It's sore topic. Too soon. So, um, fuck those tea bags. <laughs> <laughs> Bags. You know, I, I guess thinking, they weren't in bags. I was thinking when we had our July 4th celebration, I wanted to give everybody a tea bag and have them throw it in like a bucket of water. Just as a symbolic, like, <laughs> mm, symbolic this is gesture. a tradition we should do. And then blow year. it up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, drop an M80 in there. We, we love British people here. Uh, <laughs> so We do, actually. Does yeah, anybody want to answer the question? Because um, I don't think we'd, we wouldn't fly overseas for a game jam. No, I mean, we can do it online. You know, the internet is a thing that we can use. It is. So he, the, the request is specifically for a high five. Well, um, right. well actually, I feel like this sort, of, this sort of falls under the more people here than there rule. Where what? if there's more people in one location and there's less people in another location. Then the fewer and both, people go to the more people right, place. If both people want mm. to be in the same place, the more people area triumphs and the fewer people have to migrate. Which is why point. destination weddings are not a thing. You That's not do. a good idea. So you're saying it's like <laughs> so humans operate by reverse diffusion yeah. reverse osmosis, osmosis. Well, in, in social situations yeah. yes yeah you if move you, from if the you lowest have, concentration to the highest yeah if you have 30 yeah. people at a house and then your one friend who lives 10 minutes away is like hey you guys should all come over here things say fuck that you come over here more people here than their rule that's true but there are some conventions in 
the Europe. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say if we. So there's Gamescom in Germany. There's Game City. There's there's all kinds of European in the UK. I believe in London. So yes, Hmm. I haven't been as up to date on those because I haven't been planning on going. But as we expand our convention plans, it's possible that that in the next few years we might start thinking about going abroad. to the different. We do need to at some point. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Indiecade just announced the French. Indicade, the mm. Indicade Europe that's happening in Paris. And then there's all kinds of other cool mm. stuff that's happening over there. So sweet. So I guess the answer is maybe, maybe, maybe eventually. Hold oh, that's great. Thank you. Hold on to your, <laughs> hold on to your ponies and your cursed tea. Hold <laughs> on to your tea bags. Tea. All right. Uh, final question. This one comes from DJ Varick or, or Dvorak, which is like Dvorak. 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 Uh, if someone were to be generous and give you a large sum of Cash monies. Cash dollars. Would you accept it or would you turn it down and rather work hard for things and be given anything for free? Do both, duh. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'd accept it and then go back to work. It's a good way to be. Be like, thanks for that free money. So here's a question. What would you do with it? I'd just put it in a, like a retirement yeah. account. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd compound interest. Fund. There's no force in the universe more powerful than compound interest, except for gravity and Entropy, lots of other things. Yeah. But this is really boring. Thermodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> well, Seth, you were talking about that study yesterday about um, what what the economic development thing was in Nigeria for giving away cash for business. Yeah, they had a, there was a, I believe it was on a Planet Money podcast. Mm-hmm. Where as an ex, as I think the government of Nigeria was trying to promote economic development and they just had a small business competition and the winners of this competition, of which there were many, I, th- I think in the hundreds, each business got $50,000 hmm. and this has created an incredible number of new jobs because all these people wanted to grow their businesses, right? And they uh, couldn't get loans or if they did, they figured people would scam them because some folks in Nigeria have reputations for that kind of a thing. Um, and, they, and most people actually thought it was a scam to begin with, even though the government was doing it because the government doesn't have a great reputation either. <laughs> um, but they did it and it worked. And so it's a, it's a good thing to do. That's so I mean, yeah, it's a good thing. Because uh, the one problem with, with most things is that having more of them means that you can have more of them. You can make more of them, right? So money is the easiest example of that. Having, having more money makes it easier to make more money. Well, that's not the problem. The problem is having less money makes it harder to have yeah, more money. Yeah, that's what I mean. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you were able to, if you accepted the cash, it essentially allows you to work harder and make even more money, if you think about it, right? Depends on your mindset. Well, unless I'm you're like, sure. I'm going to take this cash and take a nap. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's true. If you just <laughs> lump it all into savings and don't do anything, right. it doesn't help the economy. That's true. Yeah, exists. rich people quit it. Yeah, stop <laughs> it. Spend your money. Quit. Quit. <laughs> quit. It. quit. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's uh, that's all we got for questions today. Yeah. Wrapping up the podcast. Wrapping it up. <laughs> so, where these questions come from? Podcast.bscotch.net. You can ask them if you got a bscotch ID, and you'll get a sweet coffee with butterscotch perk. Otherwise, you can ask them anonymously if you're. Scared into that if you're scared sort of thing or into privacy uh and then we will be back next week with one of our new people maybe and that'll be maybe we don't know what's gonna happen yeah, next week carol's gonna tell us uh we're gonna figure it out later and we do have a fun piece of news that we can't talk about right now but we'll talk about it next week so keep your eyes Wait, on do the we? tweets and stuff we oh. do mm-hmm. uh oh that uh, piece of news uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one you know it's a good one so uh, yeah. keep your eyes on the twits this afternoon and uh facebook even though we don't go there so twitter's good <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next instagram. week instagram don't forget the instagram. instagram yeah we've been posting tons of pictures on Instagram. like we carol's been posting tons of Instagram, <laughs> doing a jib. Uh, so follow us on there, and we'll talk to you next week. 
Bye. Bye. Bye.